0: Hey everybody this is uh, Daniel from the Freshman 15 and well I have good news for you it's time for the bonus content. If you haven't heard episode 20 where Jeremy and I sit down with her old friend Jeff Jensen to discuss David Lynch's eraser head well, go listen it's kind of a big deal. but if you have heard it, you'll remember the affection Jeff expressed for Lynch's notorious early 80s uberbomb dune. So here's 10 minutes of our favorite entertainment journalist and good friend defending the indefensible with an insight or two about how Lynch's biggest flop helped form the artist he eventually became. We had to cut it for time's sake, but here it is, uncut and unedited, just for you.
1: Well, Daniel, you and I even, I think we texted a little bit this week. I think I was, I think I was like halfway through Dune and I was like, Mm -hmm. you gotta be kidding me. I can't, I can't, what is, I, I have to ask. You have to what is it that that is i just i couldn't i couldn't hack it what what do you like about doing jeff
2: it's just so weird i mean it is <laughs> um like and it's like i told you it's bad it, 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 the movie doesn't work you know um but still, Still, it has an effect. Like, I, I that the cast is oddly appealing, except for maybe all of the Harkonnens. <laughs> Um, you know, the the, the bad guys, quote quote in okay. the movie. Um, the I think just on a conceptual level, on a design level, uh, take out matters of execution or the quality of the special effects. Like, like it's just so striking and vivid, like. That he that he's applying the the Lynch imagination to sci-fi, mm. I mean, it just comes up with interesting choices mm-hmm. that you wouldn't really get from any film, right. and so they're really interesting to to behold. Um, Kyle McLaughlin, I, I I really like Kyle McLaughlin. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Um, sure. So he's uh, the mayor of
2: Portlandia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, but there are. <laughs> even the bad moments i have just a lot of it's such just a it, there's a lot of bad moments i even have a lot of affection for like when they're writing the sandworms <laughs> And they're all kind of like looking at each other and smiling yes, with the goofy that, smiles. I, <laughs> I,
0: like, do, I love that. I don't think I'm supposed to, but I, 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 for the reason
2: I it's do. It's terrible. But there is a boldness in that choice, too, to like kind of go for that. And like. Um, and uh, <laughs> there's a moment at the end where after Kyle McLaughlin has the fight with Sting, and like right. basically uses the, uh, the, a killing word to kind of like split, like sting in half almost, or like cause them ever, every bone to break. And, um, another one of the actors whose name is totally escaping me, but he played big Ed in twin peaks. Um, he kind of goes, what deep. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the creepy little girl at the end played by Alicia Witt. um, And, like, he has this, like, great line, which I'm going to completely mangle now. But she's like, she's like, and how can this be? Surely he must be the Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, (laughs) like, whatever fancy word that is invented in in the language to describe Paul Moadib as the Messiah of the people. And then there's, like, a lightning bolt flash, and the the reverend mother evil woman just starts screaming, no! Like some (laughs) wicked witch melting from water and, like... It's just, I, I, it's so like melodramatic and yeah. over the top. And that's just a bold tonal choice to go for that. Mm. And like, and it's just, it's just, there's such a just intense commitment to figure out that world and what it looks like in all these different cultures and how they operate. Even, even when some of those uh, choices don't really work or actually might be um, bad choices like his depiction of the Harkonnens right. and the way he depicts them um, as vague as kind of like ghastly homo well not homophobic it smacks of homophobia mm-hmm. but just sort of how he kind of like portrays them as like sadistic like Uh, sexual creatures preying on uh, men, preying on boys, that kind of thing. Weird, gross, the AIDS metaphor of of, of, of Baron Harkonnen was probably not very uh, woke for that time, (laughs) (laughs) but like, but still a really bold, freaky, scary choice. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like, It doesn't work. It's a bad movie. I'm kind of riveted by it anyway. I don't know what to tell you.
1: You know what I think, what what I did find intriguing about it was the fact that, especially coming off of Eraserhead, which is so spare, you know, he he does so much with so little, including so little dialogue. I mean, honestly, there's there's almost none in Eraserhead. Mm -hmm. And then you go from that, to, to Dune, which is hyper-expository, right. just constant expository speeches about, you know, yeah, the the cramming of as much information as possible. That- so
2: with that, like, right, like, so there's another device in there, too, that you're never supposed to do in movies, which is voiceover. So you get to hear, like, the thoughts of the characters. And I'm not sure, like... Um, I'm not sure from the making behind the scenes of that. I think that was a device that was always part of the movie, but they might've had to rely on it a little bit more because the famous story about that is that after he got done shooting and he put together his first cut, I believe his first cut was something like somewhere in the neighborhood of three and a half to five hours. I'm not surprised. Yeah. And I think that he had, He was under... Well, he didn't have director's uh, final cut. He didn't. He he did not. And I think it had to be released at two hours. Okay. Or um, uh, uh, maybe a little over. But regardless, length was a total issue. Sure. And to, to salvage the movie in some kind of releasable form that could make sense... I think that they had to lean into oh, this reminds me.
1: <laughs> you talk about like the, like the thoughts, like the, the audible thoughts. Yeah. Those kinds of, but they had
2: to release into, uh, so the audible thoughts that you hear of some characters, but there is some narrated elements right, too. Right. And in fact, the whole introduction of that movie, remember that where yeah. v- Virginia Madsen yeah. is like giving is, is like, is against a starry field. Like Henry like, Spencer style. And another, yeah, another lynchian motif, like, you know, the, the starry skies, the straight story begins with that yeah. as well. And, um, and all of that and, uh, elephant man as well. Right. Um, and, uh, and so Virginia Madsen is talking to camera and kind of like giving you the lay of the land. And she's kind of like fading in and out and in and out as she's giving this. And so, There's literally a moment where she, you think she's done and she fades out and then she fades back in and goes, Oh, and one more thing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it's like, it's, it's unintentionally funny or maybe intentionally. I I, I don't know, Yeah, but it's part of just like the, the, the the charm. Now there is an example of a midnight movie that is That's like true. like so bad. It's good
1: for me, <laughs> you know? right? Yeah. No, that was true. Even in that part when I was watching, you know, there there she is against the starry field. I'm like, I. It's so clearly evoking what what well at that point what I had just seen, you know the, the the night before with the racer head when I was watching. Like, is she going to open her mouth and a sperm is going to fly out of her mouth? It, it was just it it was so <laughs> clearly this reused device, you know, which i guess you could look at it like well here's a here's a thread that he's continuing right. but, uh no i didn't respond to dune but but uh no interesting i i i had to know but that that's very i,
2: I can't defend it i can't i cannot <laughs> defend it i just say i like it but yeah. yeah, i
1: appreciate that i
0: mean i appreciate the reasons you named for being intrigued by it right yeah. i mean there's something about it that kind of it grabs hold
2: of you. You know what? There's another uh, quality. There's a total tragic quality to that movie. That's too, true. Because you are clearly watching a movie that w- of made by an artist pursuing a vision, and he just didn't get it, or mm-hmm. wasn't allowed to, or I mean, even if he got his three and a half hour cut or whatever, who knows how it would have played? But like. But you you're watching it and knowing you're watching a movie that's just like a, a, an artist who went and died on a hill somewhere, you know, <laughs> yeah, and it's just not working. But that tragic quality to it, like um, uh, that tragic quality, kind of like en- enhances it, you know. And by the way, seminal film for Lynch in terms of what he learned from that experience.
0: i about to say right, of which
2: was like get final cut, yeah, and if he doesn't. If he doesn't fail with Dune, he doesn't make Blue Velvet. You yeah, know? Right. that's
0: what I was wondering. Like he, there's something about that where he discovered the types of stories that he wants to tell and the way that he's going to do it. Right. Yeah. So that's it. Thank you for following us on Facebook, and of course, thanks to the great Jeff Jensen for dying on the hill. That is David Lynch's Dune. Till next time.